0: Good morning. morning. Happy birthday, Phil. God, 60 is old, man. Can you imagine how old 60 is? Well, Doug can, but I don't know if anybody else can. So here's what I figured out. I've been thinking about it. I've been watching Gary preach. That's so I've been thinking about. It. So here's the difference between Gary and I. It's all in the beginning. I mean, he stands up here for 20 minutes and waxes elegant about nothing, And it's like, then he starts preaching like 20 minutes later. So, you know, it's 10.29 and 42 seconds right now. So he's got to go, I got to go until like 10 minutes till 11. Then I can start preaching. And then I can go until 11.30. So y'all thank me after the service for all of y'all being able to get to lunch on time. So at the beginning of the year, if y'all remember, Gary preached about resetting your life and about the truths that are laid out in the Word. They're laid out in the Bible, and they tell you about what things should be happening, what things shouldn't be happening. And you, know, you hear Gary preach all the time that the Word is very clear, very easy to read, and it really is, but only if you get in the Word. So how many of you have actually started doing what Gary asked us to do at the beginning of the year? I mean, I can't put my hand up, so I didn't either, but, you know. (laughs) But those of you that have done it, have you not taken, like, a deeper dive into God's Word and you started to understand things a little bit better? And some of those words came off the page and said, Wow, that's real. That's real stuff. So when Gary was preaching, it reminded me of a time in my life when I'd heard another pastor preach about reading the Bible from cover to cover and amazing things that it would show you. Now, that particular pastor stood up there and he said that um, there's all kinds of Bibles that help you do that. There's all kinds of plans that help you do that. Gary said that. The Bible I read from cover to cover is right there. It's got all kinds of marks in it. It's got pictures in it. It's got clip gym clips on it. It's got highlighting. It's been it's actually been to three countries. So if you don't have that Bible in your life that is special to you, I encourage you to go get one. Now, most Christian bookstores are gone now, but the word is still the, the, the Bible is still the number one bestseller in the world. So you can find one, but I encourage you, if you find one and it's yours, to make it yours, to write in it, to talk about things. I mean, literally, there's a picture of my two daughters and my nephew, and they were probably about three and five. That's how long ago that was. That's a long time ago. <laughs> so, if we all remember the other thing that Gary said at the beginning of the year, which is so important because it's so true do not make reading your Bible every day the, your New Year's resolution, because we all know that doesn't work. Supposedly, it takes 13 weeks to make something a habit. So I at least encourage you to read something in the Bible every day for the next 13 weeks. Now, if I was really good at math, I could tell you how many days that is, but I'm not, so I can't. It's 91 days. God, to got out his calculator. <laughs> so, like I said, I think, I'm sure some of you all did this great job of, getting in the Word every day, learning about the Word every day, reading the Word every day. I've already confessed I did not, and I have not, but it was such a blessing to me when Gary said, hey, I want you to preach, and I said, I asked him, I said, what's the topic? He said, it's all you, whatever you whatever you decide. So uh, it was interesting because I wasn't sure what I was going to do until a couple weeks ago. And I thought about this when he preached about reading the Word every day. And I thought about the time that I did that. I've done it twice, but the first time I did it is the most important. That's what I'm going to share with you today about that first time, because there's all kinds of things that happened during that time that I think you'll find very interesting. So, So about 20 years ago, I started on this journey of reading God's Word every day. I did not do that. I did not read God's word every day. I read God's word most days, though. So what we want to learn about today is what his word says about life. About our life. About all your all's lives. About my life. About your family's lives. About the world's lives. Because think about the world's lives right now. There's some messed up stuff going on in the world right now. And as we always talk about, we take action. So if we take action, it's time to take action. There's not a better time in the world right now than to take action. So I know you hear people say all the time that everything you need to know between those two covers. How many of you actually believe everything you need to know between those two covers? So let me share my journey a little bit with you. One of the first things I would share is that I know for a fact if you can't read the word from cover to cover in 12 months, you can in 14, because I did. You can read the word cover to cover in 14 months. So as I listened to what Gary had to say and I listened to what Gary was preaching, I remember that 14-month journey, and there's some things that I learned in that 14 months that I'm going to share with you guys that are amazing, but I don't want to spoil anything, but when we get to the end, that's the most amazing part, and a lot of people don't ever get to the end of the word. They never get to these chapters. But I want to share that part with you because it's amazing, it's awesome. But let's start in Genesis 1. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. the first three verses. Think about this. Is there anything more amazing than we serve a God that said, let there be light, and there was light? I mean, you don't even really have to read the rest of the book. Let there be light, and there was light. So in verse four, it says, God saw the light, saw that the light was good, and he separated light from the darkness. God called, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning. That was the first day. So our God just spoke into existence the first day. And I mean, we're only on verse five of the whole Bible. Verse six, he says, and God said, "Let there be a vault between the waters, to separate water from water." So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, and there was the second day. I mean, you really can stop right here. I mean, so He made the whole universe in eight verses. I mean, think about that, guys. So verse 9, it says, And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kind, And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, and it was the third day. So now in three short days, we have light, we have days and nights, we have land, we have sea, we have plants, we have plants that produce food. think about that. Stop what you're doing and think just about that. Three short days. That's the serious part. That's the cool part. He is a God that spoke into existence a universe. That's our God. In verse 14, the word goes on to say, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars, God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was an evening and there was a morning. The fourth day. goes on to say in verse 20 through 23, And God said, Let the water team with living creature, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. We're only 23 verses into the Bible. And now we have animals. So in 24 through 26, it says, And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals each according to its kind. And it was so. Can any of y'all say, And... and," (laughs) Any of y'all do that? (laughs) I know some of the women think they can, but... (laughs) God made the wild animals according to their kind, the livestock according to their kind, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky Those three verses are probably three sermons. Especially in today's world when people are confused about what we're supposed to eat, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to do it. Anyway, that's not, that's wholly different. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that was fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, Everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. There was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Then it finishes out, Genesis 2, 1 and 3, 1 through 3, thus the heavens... And the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. That's why we're here today, because this is the seventh day. So I read all that to you, and it's a lot of verses, but I read all that to you because I can't wait to share with you the end, this end down here. Can't wait for you to hear what this says. So according to Bible scholars, Genesis was written in about 39 B.C. That's important, y'all remember that, 39 B.C. The earth was created, the animals of the sea were formed, the livestock and the wildlife was formed. All the birds of the sky were formed, and God created us in his own image. So as Gary talked about the word and said it was easy to comprehend, the coolest thing to me about that is it was started more than 2,000 years ago. The word was started to be written more than 2,000 years ago. How amazing is it that God's word was written more than 2,000 years ago and it still applies to our lives today? So my first point today is, our God is all-powerful. Everybody agree with that? Y'all afraid to say amen about that? So, as I was saying earlier, I was on a journey to read the Word every day. I had a hunger in me at that time to read the Word every day. And I pray some days to get that hunger back because I remember those days. Some days I don't do that well. So most of you do not know from listening to me, but I do love to read. So I didn't feel like there'd be any... real challenge to get through the word in one year i mean it depends on what bible you have but this particular bible is uh 1300 and let's see no, nope, sorry 1405 pages so that shouldn't take that long it shouldn't take a year how many people read fiction books in a day you know yeah how many people read fiction books in a day But during that year of my life, that 14 months of my life, Satan had all kinds of different ideas. Uh, the, year I, the year that I did that, the 14 months that I chose to read the Bible from cover to cover were probably the 14 lowest months in my entire life. I was going through all kinds of things, and Satan was certainly dealing with trying to make sure I did not read the Word every day. He was certainly trying to make sure that I didn't do what I was supposed to do every day. He was trying to make sure that I didn't get in the word every day because he knows what the word says. Think about that. Satan knows what the word says. He does not want you to be reading the word. He knows that God said this and this and this and this. And he knows it goes against what he wants you to do. And I experienced that. One of the things that happened during those 14 months is I listened to a guy preach up in Washington, D.C., and it's like the last time that Gary let me up here, he preached about money. He preached about tithing. I was a Baptist back then, and tithing's a big deal in the Baptist church. But I was convicted to tithe. I was convicted heavily to tithe. Convicted to tithe the first ten percent. So may ask, do you want gross blessings or net blessings? Come on, man. <laughs> so I ended up changing jobs during that time too. And it was amazing that I was making less money. Than I had been making for years, but I got fired, so you got to go find a job after you get fired. So I went and found a job and I got fi- I got fired, I went and found a job, and I took a job making significantly less money than what I was making before. The coolest thing was, though, guess what? still got fat. I' was still eating plenty. My kids were doing fine. Everything was still there. All the bills still got paid. If anything at all during that time, there was more money. There was more available money than there had been before. I actually wrote down here, and I don't even agree with what I wrote. (laughs) Said, God bless me and my paycheck still covered all my needs and most of my wants. But the reality of it is he all my, he covered all my wants too. So during that time, I was battling with a wife that was physically mentally physically and mentally abusive and stayed depressed most of the time. I can remember the times that she was abusive, she would leave and she'd go spend all the money we had. or you'd come home after 10 or 12 hours of work and she'd still be laying in bed. And she'd lay in bed for, you know, a week at a time. So the battle of money was strong because all of a sudden there was only one income most of the time. Remember what I said. Satan did not want me to read the word during that time. So, but God's word always prevailed. It was always, always on time. Prayers were answered. You got to understand prayers. The answer isn't always the answer that you were hoping for. It wasn't always what you wanted. It was always on time, though. So, as I heard Gary preach about God's word, and as I prepared for this message, I knew there were three different things that I needed to share during that time because they were amazing in my life. So this may not be for y'all. This may be for me, but I hope some of y'all get something out of it. So as Gary said, reading Proverbs daily shows so many of God's truths. Think about Proverbs. It's a... It's a time where it's a story of a a father guiding his son. Telling his son, hey, do this, don't do that. Think about this, don't think about that. In the middle of July that year, as I told you, I'd taken a new job, making significantly less money I'd ever made. Or not ever, but in a while. And of course, when you're not making much money, it's God's fault that you're in debt up to your eyeballs, right? That's the way it works, right? Literally, I was barely making ends meet. In July is reading Proverbs. Proverbs 22 says A good name is more desirable than great riches, to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. think about that. Good name is more desirable than great riches. Let me help you all. If you're broke, good name's all right. But you want riches. I mean, come on, man. You don't want to be, you care about having a good name, but you're, you're broke. You want to have great riches. Verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, some of y'all have taken the class that Sierra and I teach, sometimes uh, the Dave Ramsey class. This was the first time I experienced Dave Ramsey. But I remember how convicted I was when I read those words. I remember how convicted I was trying to figure out, how am I going to get out of this mess that I got myself into, because by this time I did realize who got it, who got me into it. It wasn't anybody else with me. It wasn't because of what was going on at my house. It wasn't what, because of my job. It wasn't because of anything of that. It was because of David Westrick. That's what it was from. So I got my mind right, and I went to this Dave Ramsey class, and I remember going through it and. I didn't do everything that Dave Ramsey said to do, but I do remember that I got out of debt. Now, a whole nother sermon is I got back in debt, but we'll go into that later. But I did get out of debt at that time. I was terribly convicted to get out of debt, and I did. So I remember a real short while later, it was August 20th, my life was probably as low as it was ever and has ever been. Riding to work, I was on two, I was on 75 right before you get to how, uh, the the north loop, and me and God were talking. Actually, I was yelling; he was listening. Just so you know, that's cool. You yelling at God doesn't shock God. He understands. He knows you're going to be there. I was asking him, why in the world am I going through this? Why is David Westrick going through this? David Westrick's a good person. Why am I going through this? Why do I deserve what I'm getting? Why do I deserve what's happening? So I remember, I mean, from the North Loop to almost Smyrna, I yelled at God. I'm reading the word, God. I'm I'm reading the word every day. I'm reading everything you said to do, I'm doing it, and it's still not working. You don't love me. You don't you're not there for me. You didn't see me. You aren't listening. Remember all those things. They're so vivid in what I read. At night I got home. Because I was did my reading at night because at that point I was taking care of two young girls and I had to get up and get them to school and that was my excuse for not reading the word in the morning. So I opened the word to Isaiah 46 and 47 and I got to verse 3 that I remember reading. I was crying like a little baby. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain of the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Y'all understand why I was crying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about the odds. Because that's what all everybody talks about, right? The odds of, you know, God knowing that that's what I was going through. Think about that. Think about opening the word and reading that not only did he know Not only did he care, not only did he love me, but he was there with me. It cannot be any clearer in my mind that he was there. And I know people talk about, well, God spoke to me about this and God spoke to me about that. God spoke to me. To use the David Westrick term, he said, hey, Stupid. here's the word right here. (laughs) Do you need me to make it clearer? (laughs) What is it Bill Ingvall says? Here's your sign. (laughs) The very coolest part about that is what I realized. First of all, I was not alone. I had never been alone. If you go back to the first part, talks about being conceived. So he knew me when I was conceived. And I know I don't have gray hair yet, so it sounds like he's going to know me in the end too. It's not funny, (laughs) y'all. So my second point today is our God is all-knowing. Think about—we're it, we're just through Isaiah, so, so by September. Now, some of y'all, some of y'all actually heard this before because I preached about this one day. Because this is to me, this is a very cool verse in the Bible. And this is when I actually learned this. So, so by September, we was reading through Jeremiah, and I read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Everybody out here knows Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Everybody's seen it on a shirt on a shirt. They've seen it on a sign, they've seen it on the store sign, they've seen it somewhere. What it says is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. There's no better thing to hear when you've got, when you're down, when you're thinking about things, when you don't know. So again, our God is all-knowing. one of my favorite verses is the next verse then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and i will listen to you i think we just saw that he listens he hears so to me they ought to quit doing jeremiah 2911 they ought to do 2911 and 12 I mean, what an amazing promise these two verses are. So I'm standing here thinking about it. So I want to give you a couple of things that I think are super important. But again, I'm so excited. I Can't wait to finish with this. This last part. I do strongly, strongly encourage each of you to get in the word every day. I fail. I'll be the first one to admit that I fail to do that. Life gets busy. You know, everybody says that, uh, oh, I, I don't have time for that. Well, you make time for those things that are important, without a doubt. You spend your money on those things that are important, without a doubt. You go to the gym, you do all those things. So you do have time to get in the Word. If nothing else, most of us at least drive in a car. So at least you can hear the Word. If you don't read the Word, you can at least hear the Word. They have all kinds of apps that let you hear the Word every day. But are y'all ready? Because this is the cool part. This is the super cool part. So as I got to the end of the Bible, I realized that Revelation tells many scary things of what the world is going to be like. And I will tell you, if you stand out, look around a little bit, scary things are beginning to happen. I don't know where you are, but uh, you might want to get prepared. But as I said when I started today, I believe... That this word is the only word, and it's the word we need. So, the next to the last chapter in the Bible is Revelations 21. And most people don't read Revelations because it's scary. But most people don't read the Revelations because it means the end as well. But let me read to you what Revelations 21 says. And hear the words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Is that not cool If you know Jesus, that's where you're going to be. Is that not cool? Come on, man. that's cool. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old the old order of things has passed away. He who has who was seated on the throne said, "I am making everything." New. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Is that not amazing? So we started the Bible with God creating the universe. We're in, in the Bible... with the new world, the new world that the ones that believe in Jesus are going to be there. There's no greater thought than that. There's no greater feeling than that. I, I had forgotten that until I prepared for this message. I'd forgotten that I read that. I'd forgotten how cool that was. So my last point today is our God is everything. He's the beginning, of the ending, the Alpha Omega. His word is the promise to live by. So I do encourage each of you to be more in the word. Live more by that every day.